You are listening to episode 93 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we howl at the moon in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So uh, this week we played a little bit of Wolf Child on the Sega Genesis. Ryan, I know the reviews are not the best on this game historically, but I had a good bit of fun. You know, it was worth the time that we put into it, and it was a fun time. Yeah, I mean, dude, I always want to go back and play a lot of these games like Journey of Silius. We played that last week, so if you didn't catch that um, episode, The Game Tenets, go ahead and check that out. That was a lot of fun with them. Uh, listen to our top five platformers. And of course, we went into another platformer this week. Um, and, you know, looking at this game, it's one that I would like to v- revisit. Down to re- It's super short. It's like five levels. And we got through, I think, the first two and a half, two and a half or so. And that was just kind of a blind play. Just like, let's play this and let's do our episode. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of fun, man. It was a good time. It's always good to realize that we can play fun and good games for the inflation deflation challenge instead of just kind of getting mired up in the muck with some uh, not so great games. Yeah, uh, there's quite a few that I can name that we've done in the past. Uh, Mrs. Spider's Tea Party being one of those. Ugh. worst experience ever we did beat it though we did we never did put the just beat it hashtag though i don't think i, we I don't sh- think we were doing that back then no and i don't think we should no, put that one we'll leave that out yeah okay so uh you know as we always talk about the game flares podcast uh we like to talk about games we've recently picked up and games we're currently playing they, they heard me say that john yeah so uh i know they heard you say that ryan uh but you can hear other episodes where we talked about this um you know, it's Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast. Ryan, we're on social media. Uh, you can find us online at Instagram and Facebook at The Game Deflators. You can find us on Twitter at Game Deflators. They don't like the. Yeah, and uh, YouTube, we got some stuff on there. And of course, TheGameDeflators.com. TheGameDeflators.com. Yep. So uh, let's go ahead and start for recent pickups. Ryan, I see a note that says nada. So I'm assuming nada. Yeah, didn't pick anything up this week. You maybe picked up a controller i see okay i did play some stuff okay cool cool so we got that so uh this week i've got it coming in the mail i've got tenshu fatal shadows on the ps2 i picked that up and i actually got that pretty low it's normally like i'd say 20 dollars for that one and i picked it up for roughly 13 bucks on ebay it was just a quick you know i put in the bid and the bid happened to end at like 2 a.m or something so in those instances, it's like, all right, let me set a bit of 15 bucks, see where it goes. I mean, nobody's bidding at 5 o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m. So whoever set it up was not smart about it. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up picking that up pretty cheap. And then I got Wonder Boy on Switch. So that game... Wonder while, Boy in Monster World or whatever? No. Uh, yeah, I think it's or, um, the Dragon Trap or something. I forget the exact name. Um, it's like a remake of like a really yeah, old good game. Yeah, yeah. On the, I think it was the Sega Master System, I want to say. Um so yeah, I got the Wonder Boy game on Switch. Main reason I got that is I missed out on Monster Boy, which is now like a ridiculous price point. And I had wanted that one. I didn't pick it up when I should have. So now it's like sitting at 100 bucks. So God knows if I'll find that any cheaper. And uh, Wonder Boy just is one of those games that I kind of figured at the going rate right now, it's like 25 bucks new or used for the most part, but I'm starting to see a lot of listings hitting like 40 bucks. So it's one of those things that if it's discontinued 
and I didn't pick it up now and it down the road, I'm like, oh, I want to pick it up and it's sitting at like 60 bucks. I'm going to say, well, I could have saved, you know, $25, you know, several months ago if I would have bought it then. So I picked that one up and uh, yeah, so that comes in, on I think Tuesday and I think minus missing a case in a PSP game, I think I have all the Tenchu games now. Nice. So that's not, that's not a bad deal. It's pretty good stuff. Filling out another checkbox. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to play the Tenchu games. Uh, I played uh, Wrath of Heaven years ago, and I never really did get too far in it, but it it was a game that I did enjoy playing the bit that I did. So having those memories and now playing Ghost of Tsushima uh, still, it's like, yeah, I've, I've got to pick these up, you know, because I do anticipate those going up down the road, and just having them is like, all right, cool. If I want to play them, I can play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll jump into my currently playing, and then you can get into yours. So Shadow of Memories, I think I had mentioned on the last podcast episode, my wife and I were looking for a new game to play. Uh, So really Shadow of Memories is like, I don't know, like a $10 game, I think at most. And you pretty much play as this character and I'm terrible with names. So don't, you know, question me on these things, but question him, question him vigorously, question me on everything. So yeah, you play as this one character who gets murdered and you have to try and figure out how to avoid getting murdered. And so you end up um, in this like weird ass room with a, a homunculus, I think is what it's homunculus. called. Homunculus. Homunculus, that's what it is. And so he's like, oh, you know, or she is like, oh, I can, you know, help you survive. I can help you avoid your death. And he's like, how do I do this? And you get like this time, uh, like time traveling watch type of thing that has like it gets beads of power where you can use it X amount of times. And. You pretty much are traveling to various times to try and avoid your death. So it's uh, one scenario you um, get stabbed in the back and it's like, how the hell did that happen? So you travel back and you have like seven seconds to quickly travel. You travel back to like 1592 or something in literally the same town just set uh, 500 something years before. And you have to find like a metal plate to bring back with you to put on your back and when you get stabbed in the back the metal plate blocks it right so it's like just this whole thing of i thought like, you were like i went back 500 years and i killed that dude's grandpa oh you know that would have been much better no so and then they have like warnings of like bl- butterfly effect and stuff too so like oh well you know certain things i can't do so like he meets one of his ancestors and he tells him oh uh yeah i think you're one of my ancestors i'm like you don't do this this is time travel 101 dude you don't tell somebody you're an answer he's like it's probably best to forget that you're telling somebody in like 15 in the year 1542 or 1592. Oh, uh, just forget that I'm a time traveler from a future period, 400 something years from or 500 years from now. Like they're like, they're not going to forget that like at all. And so it's really cool. Like everything's kind of piecing together. It's more narrative driven. So there are some aspects of gameplay, but for the most part, it's like, okay, Go to X place and talk to this guy. Okay, cool. You talk to him. All right, time travel here. Okay, you time traveled there. You got all that done. Here's a cutscene for like 20 minutes. Like, that's what it is. And it's actually like a nice breath of fresh air from what I've been playing gameplay wise. Like, I've been deep in platformers and, you know, slicing off people's heads in Tsushima and all these other crazy things like Sekido. So, having a game where I can just kind of go and enjoy the narrative component is kind of nice. Yeah. So, I'm enjoying it so far. We're probably three and a half, four hours in on it, and we maybe get two more hours at at most, and uh, it's really shaping up nicely. And then Ghost of Tsushima, I didn't have a whole lot of time to play this week, Um, just super busy. But the time that I did play, I am almost done with Act 2. 
Uh, I decided to progress a little further with the main story. Uh, main reason being is once you finish the main story, it opens up the um, the Mongol territories, which when you defeat or you know end up liberating a city or town or village, it opens up like the map and it mm -hmm. just shows a whole huge area where it has the question marks and everything else. So you're so, trying to just get access to more. Yeah, so I figure defeat the second chapter, second act, open up a whole bunch of Mongol territories like it did in one. Um, then after beating those Mongols, have it open to all the minor stuff like the fox dens and the different shrines and all of that type of stuff and the haikus. So once I do that part, then I can expand out to the other things. I don't have to like blindly search. Like it's yeah. fun. Don't get me wrong, but I'm spending a lot of time on this game and I want to kind of, you know, I want to beat it. Like it's good. I'm excited for you to beat it so that I can play it. Dude, it's so good. Like, the uh, the battle right now of trying to find like or not find but battle the con and going into the end of act two is just phenomenal and now that i told you i had the ghost uh, stance and the ghost stance is pretty much when you hit like x amount of kills without taking any damage it boosts up a ghost meter and then you hit both you go like spartan rage mode it's ridiculous man like you hit the l3 and r3 and just like this red samurai like yeah. color comes up and you're just like fast mode slicing slow-mo it just picks up you go to the next guy like i think i killed like four people in that one uh and it was super cool but and does it just like last until you get hurt no well it, it lasts until you get hurt or until it ends oh. until like ghost meter ends so there's that but when you first get it i'm not going to say the enemy and where because you do want to play it but when you eventually get the ghost dance the way it works is you uh, you're battling this guy and when you're done you just straight up slice his flipping head off. Oh really? And when you do that, you hold it up and then you just go full on ghost rage mode and just start going ballistic. I'm like, this is amazing. So I'm liking it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to beat it. But it's such a phenomenal game. I think right now it's got this generation's highest Metacritic user score um, out of all games that have been released. So totally worth it and uh, i highly recommend picking it up so that's my currently plan ryan what are you currently playing so i was uh ready to give up on dark souls 3 and i went back and uh i don't know i was just like i said i felt like i had gotten enough of the mechanics to really get it out of my system and then i was just kind of like uh maybe i should go back and give it another try and i think i was just not wanting to have to do what dark souls is going to make you do and that's do some grinding because I started off with my pyromancy build and I was going and just dumping my points into, you know, my sorcery and my, what is it, prayer? Or I, I don't remember what the stat's called, but like so that I could bump up my attack power with my pyromancies. But I was just dying easier than I wanted to and, you know, my... <clears throat> Flasks weren't really doing me as much good as they could have just because my health pool wasn't as big. Like, So I ground out about like five more levels of vigor and I feel a lot stronger now. And uh, I was also reading a guide and it was saying that, yes, all the stuff I did in Farron was great. But to do all that, stop once you get to the Undead Legion and then go do the whole Cathedral of the Deep stuff instead, and then go back to the Legion afterwards. And I was like, okay. Because I just, like, the swamp didn't feel like a great place to grind. Because it's just, like, 
poison everywhere and it's just kind of annoying and you move slow through the swamp there's a i forgot the exact item that you need but yeah there's a you have to have like several items that reduce poison and then you can just run through the swamp but even so it's still a pain in the ass yeah and it's not that bad like really but the going to the cathedral and seeing new places um made me still want to keep pushing through just because like it is really great to look at like even if i've seen a bunch of this game on youtube and stuff and i know what a bunch of stuff is like it doesn't make it less fun to do and you know those frustrations of dark souls eh, i i kind of like you know like it does suck having like ground up 14k souls and then you die and then it's like oh okay well at least i don't have to go that far to get them and then you just get like pushed into a corner by somebody and wrecked uh, right now I'm trying to find, I, uh, I ran into onion guy who was not onion guy. He was that other dude in disguise and he dropped that bridge. So I'm trying to find the lever to raise up that bridge so I can go get whatever the treasure is. Um, and then I don't know those giants. I thought those giants were going to be scary, but it was like, you just basically stood next to their feet and just cut their feet up and they didn't really do anything. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. I slew that crystal witch in like two and a half tries. And yeah, yeah. It, there's some there's some easy bosses in that game for yeah, sure. It just it's not as challenging as Sekiro, and I'm so happy about that because Sekiro was just like brutal for me to keep trying to do over and over. And it's like I don't feel like my resolve is destroyed by playing Dark Souls. I just kind of felt like I thought I was bored of it, and I actually wasn't. And then I. Uh, Besides that, I watched all of The Sopranos this last week. What? That's so random, dude. Like, why would you watch all The Sopranos? I mean, I guess it was two weeks because I wasn't here last week. That's still crazy. I just, I don't know. Uh, I got HBO through Prime and, you know, there's so many good shows out there now. Wait, HBO? Oh, you pay for it. Yeah. And then there's like so many good old shows. And I was like, I've got this HBO thing. And it's like, I haven't watched anything since like the last season of Westworld. Or the second season of Westworld, maybe? I don't even remember. but Or Watchmen. I watched that. That was good. Well, we just went through uh, on the PS4. We're like, oh, let's check out some movies on HBO Go. And they discontinued it. because oh, they, really? Yeah, they wanted to put everything in HBO Max. Yeah. So, that's weird. I, I haven't looked yeah. into that. But it's, I think you're supposed to have access to it if you have, like, other HBO stuff. Yeah, you're supposed to. So I, it's a family account. So I got to contact family member and be like hey what's the password on this or have you set up an account on max yet but yeah i was so disappointed so we were watching some movies last night my wife and i and we checked out uh homefront which is a jason statham movie Mm -hmm. where he like goes in a small town in louisiana and just yeah like kills and does his thing yeah does his thing and it's actually really good to drive very fast very fast yeah it was really good and then we ended up watching uh blitz right after that which is actually pretty cool too we just kind of went on a random jason statham uh binge watch Mm -hmm. uh okay so before we get into our articles and i'll I'll cover them uh here on what we're going to be discussing so we are going to be talking about fortnite and uh its makers epic suing apple and google after it was pulled from mobile app stores and then we are going to get into uh after their major flop of crucible amazon has made another jump into the video game foray We then have some news about uh, Zelda trademarks being put in place for the 35th anniversary. And the last one is Mario's nipples are missing. Where are they? 
Okay. Oh my god. Not only is Mario missing, <laughs> but his Mario's nipples, are, nipples are missing. I had dude, that was just on a whim right there. I was like, oh, the right, historical adventure to recover Mario's, Mario's nipples. Nipples. Oh man. Okay, so we'll talk about Mario's nipples a little later here. All right. So uh, first thing, Ryan, uh, let's do a little trivia here. I figure maybe we can once a week. We'll see how this goes, and you know, if it sucks today, then we won't do it ever again. But We'll see. We'll see. And if you're listening, of course, don't skip along. Go ahead and try and answer before Ryan does. So, oh, you will. I'm yeah, terrible. You probably will. I don't know, man. It's a pretty easy one. So this video game hero uh, was first featured in a platformer set in a construction site. Donkey Kong. Son of a bitch. You actually got it. Yeah. See, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. I mean, or Mario. Well, Jumpman. I was hoping the construction site was a dead giveaway, but yeah. I couldn't be like so oblivious. I was like platformer. You're wearing a Donkey Kong shirt <laughs> too. Damn it, I am. And there's Donkey Kong posters all around. <laughs> the answer is always that. D for Donkey Kong. I did not even consider the shirt. Okay, well that went quick. So uh, join us. For Thanks future, for joining us for this round us, of trivia. Join us for future trivia questions. Uh, you know what? I'm going to come back with this next week. I'm going to have a much harder trivia question for you. <laughs> Much harder. Some just obscure, obscure game. What's so sad is I picked Donkey Kong for the first one. It's like, there's Donkey Kong posters there. I'm wearing a Donkey Kong shirt. There's Donkey Kong posters there. And I already talked to you about my SNES Donkey Kong set like yeah. 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So, so fresh in your mind. All right. Let's get into the first article, man. So uh, this one is Fortnite Maker Sue Apple and Google after it's pulled from the mobile app stores. And that is by AFP of the journal.ie. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I tried to give the best accreditation I could, but at the bottom of the, the page, it just says AFP and it has a logo. And I clicked on that to see if I could find out more about them. And it just pulled up their related articles that have been posted there. So I don't know what AFP is, but they did this. So if anybody hasn't heard, this is kind of crazy. Uh, Fortnite tried to bypass the well, Epic, Apple. Epic tried to bypass. Well, but Fortnite as the application tried to bypass the Apple paywall of buying your V-Bucks through like iOS store. And I guess you could get a discount if you bought them directly through um through the Epic, through Epic yeah. store or through the application itself. I'm not exactly sure where the... The other storefront was, but it was going to get away from that 30% take. And I know that I've heard before, um, Kriparian, he's a big YouTuber, streamer, he's a Hearthstone guy. Yeah. And I've always seen him throw out ads for when you can go on Amazon and get deals to buy more like Hearthstone coins or whatever at a cheaper rate, usually like right before... An expansion set is about to come out. So I think that that kind of is doing the same thing here. So I don't understand like how this has never been done before or how this has never been pulled. But basically, when they did this, iOS was like, violation of terms and service. Get off our platform. And then a few hours later, Google was like, yes, we're going to follow suit and tell you the same thing. But the bigger difference here is that on the Google platform, and I had to look this up somewhere else, you're still able to get it through your Android device because you can just go and do a direct download from the web or uh, the Samsung store or the, uh, 
There's other like launchers and stores that you can get access to. Like it's not just the Google Play Store, but you can't get it through Google Play Store anymore. And you'll still be able to get updates. So this doesn't affect Android users as much. It's more of a slight inconvenience for them. But for iOS people, they're not going to get any future updates because those would have to come through the Apple Store. And all of this is swirling around at a time when, you know, big companies have been going, you know, to Congress and stuff and talking about like these antitrust laws and like all these different things involved with, you know, their platform holdings and stuff. And also following uh, last week's news or I guess two weeks ago news. Yeah, a Microsoft with, uh, one as well. xCloud and Stadia yeah. and stuff. With those things gone, it's, you know, is there room in the future if this goes Fortnite's way for, like, the Epic Store to become an application that you can buy games through for your iOS device? Or, like, is Epic looking into getting into some kind of cloud service and they're using this moment to strike hard? and open up that gateway down the road. I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that this could be, but don't believe any of the hype about, you know, like Epic going to bat for us or, you know, no, Epic no, is this, all. you know, heroic underdog fighting against the big man. Like that's not what's happening here. Isn't it's Epic one greedy like, company yeah. fighting another greedy company for their CEOs to make more money because like no matter who wins here, it's not going to pay the devs anymore. No. And isn't Epic like an $18 billion company or something I mean, like they're, it's some, they're some all stupid huge amount. Company. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, the headlines would lead you to maybe believe one thing, but that's really not in our favor that this is being done. Yeah, like Epic is not the little guy. Like, there's still a big guy here. And honestly, like, as much as I hate Apple, I hate Fortnite more. So, you know, honestly, I not the side of Apple, you know, all the time on these things, but they have a right to that application saying what you can and can't do on it. And just because you don't want to have a 30% cut taken out on your thing, you don't get special treatment just because you're epic. Like, Well, yeah, but there's there's this whole, you like, know, growing uh, up that needs to happen across the markets of like, you know, and social media platforms are going to face this too. Like, are you like such a big platform that what you're doing here isn't really in the best interest of being self-contained? Like, I mean, if Microsoft had these rules... A long time ago we probably wouldn't be in exactly the same place we were now and it kind of goes against ios and their you know outlook of you know being creative and being open-minded and expansive and not being that big brother lockdown company but even nothing, though that's exactly what they are yeah but nothing that they're doing is preventing creativity if you're a small developer and you want to have your application on the ios store you're getting access to millions of people yeah. on there and yeah, Apple's going to take a 30% cut. But think about it this way. If you and I wanted to make t-shirts and we don't have the printing materials to do that, and we wanted to go ahead and print through one of those services that makes the coasters and all yeah. that, like off the bat for your website, they take a 25% cut from the artwork. Like they have nothing to do with it, but they have to make their money yeah. somehow, right? Not saying Apple isn't making any money, but you know, 30% is more of a convenience charge and access to those members. Like there's a lot that you get with that 30% cut. Mm -hmm. And while it sucks, there's small time developers, there's small, you know, applications out there, free applications that, you know, are based off ad revenue that um, also are paying a 30% cut. 
why because you know you're epic you feel you should get some sort of discount is beyond me so honestly like it's they signed those terms of service years ago when they first got it on there Mm -hmm. and now they have an issue with it because they want more money yeah that's all it is yeah and it's it's convenient timing we'll see what happens with you know x cloud and and all that stuff and Stadia, like those those platforms aren't really they're not really that as ready. reliable on that anyways. Yeah. So in a few years it'll definitely be, you know, some of this stuff will be more ironed out. And I think this is gonna be the first in a long line of this type of thing becoming more evident. Well, this is just more of a strategic play, as you had mentioned. You know, Epic is trying to hit Apple at a time where there's lots of antitrust stuff, you know, being discussed right now. And I'm not gonna get into details on that because it's beyond me, but because uh, we don't know. Yeah, we definitely are not involved in all of that legal matter. But here's the deal: like they're hitting them at a weak at a weak point. Yeah. you know, at this point in time, and they didn't have issue with it back then. They all of a sudden have issue with it now, and they even, I mean, they did something that intentionally bypassed having to, you know, they they basically broke contract intentionally and tried to find a go around. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. And Apple caught them on it. And now it's like, well, we got to save face somehow. So we're going to bat for the little guy. No, like, come on. I seriously hope Apple wins this one out and Fortnite is not allowed on iOS or they have to do a 30% cut moving forward. Now, I can't say a 30% cut is pretty flipping high. So I think if you're like a smaller application, like they should tier it, right? So if you're bringing in X amount of revenue, you should have X amount of commission, you know. Well, they did say off. after 2 years they could go down to 15%. I think that was Google. I think Google was 15% after several years. Oh, okay. I don't think that was Apple. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know, um, you know, on social media, if you catch this article, uh, we'll post it on our page and maybe a couple groups and whatnot. And uh, just let us know your thoughts on it. Um, you know, where do you side on this and what's your overall opinion? So uh, the next thing, uh, talking about gigantic companies, uh, after the flop of, well, after a flop, Amazon makes another foray into video games. This one is by Kellen Browning at New York Times. And uh, the flop we're talking about is Crucible. So uh, really in this article, what's being covered is Amazon has removed Crucible. Uh, You can't download anymore. They only had like 10,000 players at their peak with only like 361 players at a time playing this game. Super quick. It's kind of unheard of in a sense to just remove a game like that. That was just like, what, June? Yeah, like we we just talked about this like several months ago, like it was coming out. Mm -hmm. So like they quickly removed this thing. They kind of cut their losses and they're like, we're done. But they put in a ton of money and a ton of time into developing this. So really what it's talking about is, you know, how that was removed and how now they've decided because of that acquisition of Twitch, they're now doing uh, prime gaming. So they're kind of rebranding that whole approach. Uh, They feel that their brand of prime is going to hold up just as well as Twitch and we'll see how that goes. I mean, we've been it's using in, Twitch for our stuff. Yeah. Uh, we watch Critical Role on, on Twitch. I watch a lot of stuff on Twitch. Yeah. And I have a Prime account, but it's my wife's Prime account. So I don't have, like, I don't use the free Twitch Prime sub every yeah. month from that, which is, like, a benefit. And I don't think they said that that's going away, just that they're changing the name and expanding. Yeah. Because, like... It's kind of a cool idea that it's like, oh, I have Amazon and I get like some cool extra in-game items for a few games and a few extra bonuses here and there on Twitch. Like, that's a fun thing. I can appreciate that. I don't have a problem with that. And they also talk about like heavy discounts and such on gaming. So like Amazon's really kind of gearing up to where, you know, the former online book retailer, the giant that it is now is, you know, I think in the long run is going to make it a little more affordable and add that competitive atmosphere to 
the digital gaming space. So when you have companies like, you know, Sony and Nintendo charging full rate, like, you know, games that are 60 bucks still digitally on Nintendo and mm-hmm. Sony for used copies that are sitting at, you know, $15 at GameStop or even $20 new for a physical copy, they're charging extraordinary rates for, you know, digital versions. I can see Amazon kind of coming into this and adding that bit of pressure of like, oh, well, Amazon's here now. They're offering these, you know, 30% off a digital copy of X. We got to lower the price, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, we'll see how it plays on the long run. But I think this is kind of exciting in a sense to have Amazon jumping in a little bit more into the gaming space. I don't know. I think that what's going on here with them pulling Crucible, like if the game just wasn't there, you know, and it just wasn't there. Like if they want to do some more post on it and, you know, reprop it up and try to put it out there. But I don't think it's going to be like the Overwatch killer or anything like that. So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to Amazon Studios compete with Blizzard Studios. But I think Amazon is way more set up to compete with Activision Blizzard in the production sense. Because they could easily just buy people that already know how to make great games and just not be as terrible at Activision at just like churning and burning until you dissolve the studio and it goes away. Like they have the money that they could just foster teams and front money and be able to, you know, elevate game creators. And I think they're going to be much more adept at that. Like I understand that they would love to have like a giant, you know, character based, game that they could own all the IP to and make all the money off of and just bankroll it until it's, you know, the next major icon. But I just, if this is their first attempt, it's going to be a while before they probably have a new game that's going to be at that level. And in the meantime, you know, years are going to go by and everybody else is going to keep doing what they're doing and keep getting better. And it's going to make it even harder, you know, to get in every year. Hear me out here. What if Amazon bought Sega and released a new console? I mean, <laughs> that's that's the thing. What if what if Epic bought Sega and released a new well, console? Well, then Sega would be dead forever. <laughs> like like Amazon, I think. so many different. That's what I'm saying. There's so many different like people out there that are offering up games that that seems way more like the market that. Amazon should be participating in rather than the studio market itself. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing about Crucible, too, because I think it was I want to say it was Grief Burrito. Uh, You know, I was listening to an episode of theirs. Well, yeah, it was. And they had played Crucible, a little bit of it, if I recall. And I don't think it was really their cup of tea either. So it's not like it was a a great game to begin with. And, you know, and I I would trust those guys and what they like, um, you know, to kind of review a game. And so one of the things kind of got me got the gears churning there was it makes me feel like when we first heard about crucible and what they were doing and like all the different things they were meshing together to make this game, they kind of use that same logarithm like Amazon and um, Netflix have used in the past where we're going to make a great new TV show and we're going to survey people, see what they like. And we're going to mesh it into like one thing just produced to death. Yeah. Produced to death, but like make it like, all these things that people love. So, oh, it has to have action. It has to have this. It has to have drugs. It has to have guns and violence, whatever it may be. Like, those are all things that they've done to make great shows. And 
it makes me wonder if they kind of did the same approach for this game. In fact, I think they did. Well, uh, to say, oh, well, we're going to mesh all these different game types to make one awesome yeah. game, but take out the fact that it has to be playable, it has to actually be good. People have to be actively engaged in it. You have to make updates all the you time. You got to have like, that heart for a game like that yeah. too, where it's like you feel a connection to those characters, and it's like it's hard to do that when they're just so generic to be mass appeal that it kind of doesn't work anymore because you tried to think too hard about it you lost the core well and is this kind of the approach that these conglomerates are going to take from now on you know we're just gonna we'll put down the millions or whatever to a game and hopefully we become the next Fortnite, or hopefully we become the next um you know call of duty Warzone, or whatever it may be like you know are we going to see more of these just kind of one and done games like you do one and done tv seasons mm -hmm. you know well that didn't perform so well even though it might have been great it didn't get the viewership we wanted so it's done we're canceling it like are we going to start seeing that with more of these games moving forward as companies like amazon and google start developing these things yeah so well, and it's important to note that like you know maybe they just put this game out too early and i know we don't have an article about it but i'll just tie it in here real quick but like halo infinite was delayed because, you know, probably of the response to the presentation that they put out in the trailer. And, like, people weren't happy with how it was looking and how it was shaping up. So they made that bold step to delay it. And we've talked many times on the show about, you know, rushing these games out. Like, it makes all the poor devs have to go into, like, super crunch mode, which sucks hard for them. You know, you get a worse product you wind up having to go back and do a lot of that stuff in post and do day one patches and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, you feel like you're suckering the people into buying something that's not done. So in this case, you know, I don't know how many people, I don't even know if Crucible was a free game or not. I don't know if it was free, but, you know, I had noted that it was 10,000 players. Yeah, at its so peak, it's like, so it's not like a lot of people were playing it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't jump on board and maybe but if it, it had had more time to bake in the oven before its initial release like you don't get a lot of great second attempt launches that are you know yeah blow and out of the water the success and just like we fixed it and everybody's like yeah you fixed it like there's only so many no man's skies that you can have yeah, out there exactly and I honestly can't see this coming back. I think this is dead. There's, yeah. You can't come back from that. It was. And how many people are asking that you go back and fix it? Like 360 has. people? Yeah, like nobody. And there, nobody new can jump on anyway. So like even if like the bad publicity had people going, oh, well, let me go check out Crucible. You can't, you can't. even download it now. Yeah. So it could be one thing of saying, hey, we're going to be ending this and support moving forward. But like to just straight up remove it, you know, from the store for download, that's just dumb. Like it doesn't hurt people to download the game. Mm -hmm. so it is what it is man but uh yeah so definitely give your opinions on social media for that one um a lot of stuff discussed on that particular article all right our next uh two articles are a little more fun uh, i don't know how much time we're going to spend on this zelda article but new zelda trademarks indicate big 35th anniversary plans for next year uh this one's by nathan p gibson of screen rant i don't think we've ever covered one of theirs but uh ryan i'm honestly when I look at this... This is a bold prediction you have here, John. It is, but it's a very logical prediction. So, for one thing, Nintendo has to do this. You, you have to. Your 35th anniversary is coming up. 
you have to trademark it. You got to put that stuff into play. Like, you don't just have like the 25th anniversary of Mario or 30th anniversary of Mario down the road and go, hey, you know what? We're not going to trademark it. We're not going to put in any patents or do anything for it. Yeah. We're just going to make it happen because we own it. It doesn't work like that. So they kind of have to do it. There's no choice there. Um, now, even if they do something or not, you know, you got to do that. The other piece here that I'm thinking is pending the success of the Lego Mario sets, Lego Zelda next year. That would be dope. People would get behind that dude. I want a big Lego Deku tree. <laughs> dude, that'd be sick. With the mouth that opens and stuff. The only thing I'm not liking about these Lego sets is uh, it's not like the, you know, the small minis. Like yeah. it's Nintendo, stupid Nintendo size stuff. So that's the only thing I don't like. I understand why they did it, but I would, I would really like a straight up Zelda set with like minis. Yeah. Not this playable stuff. Yeah. And that would be super crazy, dude. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, can you imagine, you know, how they have the NES set that I bought, but having that as Majora's Mask? Dude, I would love to have, like, a really dope Lego map of Hyrule. Dude, that'd be awesome. Like, you could, like, hang on a wall. Yeah, and it's just, like, kind of like that, um... God, man, I have so much Lego stuff and I realize it. And you could, the like, controllers 3D that have. texture it with, yeah. like, you know, some of those small blocks. Like, I love when they use, like, the small blocks in, like, a minimalist kind of way. Like, when you get, like, the Christmas, you know, advent calendar and it's, like, oh, it kind of looks like that thing it's supposed to look like. Because it's the minimal, you know, yeah, amount yeah. that you can use to do that. I kind of want to buy a bunch of Lego bricks now and make a 3D version of Hyrule. Like, just... Right map it out and put it in well, a nice box anyways that's john's idea that's my idea in, on this in the actual article they're talking about how you know uh for this year there was a bunch of trademark stuff for mario and people are, have been anticipating some like mario collection coming out that would maybe be you know uh, Mario 64 Sunshine and Galaxy remastered out for Switch or something and like other classic Mario games coming out on the digital like SNES or NES or whatever but you know we haven't seen anything confirming that or anything about that like there's still time for another Nintendo Direct to come out and be like hey look at all this cool Mario stuff that we totally didn't you know nobody called but until that happens, you know, I'm not so convinced that the idea of next year getting a bunch of Zelda remasters packaged together is actually going to come. And I'm not exactly sure that that's super, super needed. Like, we've gotten so many remakes of old Zelda games already. Like, do you really need Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on another platform? Like, they well, those DS version, the 3DS remakes aren't that old. And like, yeah. how much better are they really going to look? Well, there's I plenty mean, of ways to play all those titles still. There I would are... rather see Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I still need to play the first one, but the second one, the little trailer we got looked yeah. pretty swanky. Uh, there's here... been uh, Wind Waker remakes already. Here's the thing, man. Mario and Zelda print money. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. So... You could have, but you haven't had re-releases of all those other Mario games. Like there hasn't been well, a re-release of Galaxy or Mario there Sunshine. Was, there was the All Stars pack. I mean, and you have had re-releases of some games. So, you know, Mario sixty four was re-released on the DS years yeah, ago. Yeah, as a so, platformer, but that's like thirteen years old now. Yeah, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, 
they have done just similar to Zelda. They've done releases over time. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't get Mario Sunshine remastered and all of that. And I would kind of welcome it at this point, just given where GameCube prices are, mm-hmm. you know, to have some of these games remastered. But, you know, Ocarina of Time only had a 3DS version, Majora's Mask. Three, I think it had a GameCube version as well, if I recall. So, yeah, they've remade them in the past, but putting those older games into that next level HD on the Switch and the portability component tied with the at-home component. And if you had, say, another, like, master collection, you know, like where they had one and two, and um, I think uh, I think it was Majora's Mask on that one. So if you had another collection, but say there was, like, six Zelda games on it, you could easily sell that for 100 bucks and it would sell out. Yeah, but they would never put six games on one game. I'm just They would never be so generous. Like, I'm just you hypothetically might get, saying like, it. You might get like a or like a collection series like it might be the Zelda Game Boy years or something and they have it re-released on like one switch cart like there's some stupid stuff that Nintendo could do to like just print money and we would eat it up in a heartbeat. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't buy a Zelda collection. I would buy that Mario collection if it came out. But if that Mario collection comes out, I'd say that, yeah, there's definitely a really good chance we get more zelda in the same vein next well, year did they ever like i know metroid uh was supposed to be getting like a whole yeah they're making a new they're supposed to do a trilogy or something remastered i mean I they already they did. did that on wii u didn't they they did it on the wii they had the trilogy and that's actually why that one's so expensive because the metroid prime trilogy is mm-hmm. only on the wii right now i want to say i've seen like pictures online for like pre-order like kind of gearing up for it but i don't think anything's been officially announced we'll have to look into that yeah but yeah i mean nintendo like i said nintendo more, can print money more money for the same stuff you've already bought a bunch of times yeah and nintendo will keep doing it for many years as long as you let them bend you over but <laughs> one thing one thing you can't buy back is mario's nipples man those things are gone mario's nipples are missing so uh <laughs> luigi has to find it maybe it got lost in that time machine so uh, Nintendo, it seems, has removed Mario's nipples, and it's uh, by Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku. And so I don't normally like put Kotaku articles here for us for whatever reason. We just don't get a lot of them. But I saw this. I was just looking up some Nintendo news the other day, and, and saw this, and was like, we got to talk about Mario's nipples. We well, have and to. I saw this picture earlier in the week, and it kind of tied into the idea of people being like, oh, another. Yeah, Mario, Mario, Mario Sunshine, Mario Sunshine, Sunshine. Stuff? Mario Sunshine here's stuff? the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, it's a Mario Sunshine preview, but how are you gonna know if Mario's cold if they've removed his nipples? Like, it's a cold. It's a cold. Uh, yeah, Mario so, doesn't get cold. You've seen him slide down those ice ramps and stuff. No, I've seen him go. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. There's uh, there's no nipples on Mario in that photo. Now maybe it was just an honest mistake. Maybe the artist forgot to draw nipples. We don't know. Well, he already basically has nipples on his overalls. Those like, are buckles. Come on. Well, now. but I mean, they're in a similar position. Like seeing Mario with nipples, like it wouldn't be strange. Like, well, in Odyssey, I think he had nipples. Yeah, he had nipples in Odyssey. He's shirtless in Odyssey. Yeah, you have to go to the beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's various. Dude, Odyssey's great. There's so many different like outfits that you can wear. And I don't Mario. think I've ever seen Mario shirtless before. Oh, I have, and um. It's quite the sight, Ryan. It's quite the sight. But now it doesn't matter. Even if we see him shirtless, we're not going to know. How are you going to know? I mean, that could just be like a skin-colored shirt. We'll never know nowadays, Ryan. So, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. Somebody actually, uh, 
on that article that will link somebody put fixed it and they yeah. drew like two little red circles yeah. on top of mario's chest and of course the article like zooms in they have like various mm. panins on mario's chest and yeah so mario's nipples are missing that's your fun news for the week uh, maybe nintendo brings it back maybe super mario sunshine maybe it's a teaser maybe that's the premise of the game now mario sunshine 2 find mario's nipples <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh all right let's move into our inflation deflation challenge for the week uh outside of nipples uh we are talking about Wolfchild. it was developed by core design published by core design uh the director was jeremy herf smith or heath smith and it was released in 1992 uh this was on what was the amiga the super nintendo the sega genesis and the sega cd uh so this is a platform style game and uh ryan what did you think overall so wolf child it was uh definitely he's like gearing up he's getting in the seat he's all ready to go it was definitely a fun time uh it reminds me a lot of the times that i have played genesis before uh just at like the i think it was the dentist's office had a genesis like i know this was like a multi-platform game but for me it feels like right at home on here i didn't have any trouble with the controls this time i think maybe that's a, a keeper controller john yeah i gotta mark you know i gotta start putting a sticker on these things green for good red for right fix not throw away fix but it was it was pretty good like uh we were saying earlier we got through the first two and a half levels it's got enough interesting uh design like the first level was really short but it's like you're on uh, an airship and that's cool um your dude looks like a totally badass, like 80s biker kind of guy who transforms into a wolf man and punches like a wolf child, sir. Punches like uh, Hadoukens or something out. And and later on, you can get three Hadoukens. Three Hadoukens, triple Hadouk. Triple Hadouk, yeah. It, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about it. It's pretty generic, like platforming and, you know punching or shooting depending on if you're in wolf form or not uh the, well, there's armors and stuff like force fields that you could put around you yeah like the power-ups and enemy placement is all pretty fair but also not just like a walk through the park like there's some challenge for sure yeah in that last level that we were on it's the one third level with all the bugs and stuff that are falling down and coming up through the ground and stuff like you kind of have to move at kind of a slow pace to stay safe in some of these parts and it's a little weird the physics in this game like when you're going up a slope like your dude's like really huffing and puffing to get up that slope and then as soon as you're on the backslide you are like going down a butter you know slick or and, an ice slide like mario yeah I don't know. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Did you already talk about the ratings for it? No, not yet. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I was going to get into my part and I'll talk about the ratings here. Okay. So, uh, oh, you put WTF. I'm like, what is that supposed to be? So the Amiga version got a 905 out of a thousand from Ace Magazine. So I don't know where Ace Magazine is today. The but weirdest rating scale that, ever. A thousand that, point scale. That's actually kind of interesting. We should do thousand point scales. Uh, you know what? It should be a scale to 9,000. And then if it's over 9,000, it's certainly well worth the money. Uh, but yeah, so overall, this game got like 5 out of 10s. 
for the well, most part, but on the back of the box. Except on the back of the box. Yeah, what does it have on there? On the back of the box, GamePro gave it a 4.5. Yeah, that... Like, across the board. Maybe it was a 4.5 out of 10. On their tough 5-point scale. Oh, uh, it does it say 5-point scale? Yeah, it says, Wolfchild... Or, Here's why GamePro magazine rated Wolfchild a straight 4.5 on its tough 5-point scale. Oh, I was kind of hoping it would just say like the 4.5 on there with nothing else. And then it's like it was actually a 4.5 out, out of 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been pretty Yeah, funny. it's definitely not a 900 out of 1,000. But it could or be a 905 a 4. out of 1,000. Or a 4.5 out of 10. I don't. I don't see it being that much better than a five. Like if I was feeling generous, I guess I'd say like a six. Yeah. Like visually, it looks great. Like the sound effects are there. The controls were fine. But a little too spot on, actually. Yeah, there was just some things about it that hold it back from feeling like, you know, that really well, feels good game feel. You, you feel a little stiff while you're playing as mm. that character. There's not a lot of flexibility coming from him. So I would say personally, like a seven out of ten is what I would be giving this game. Um, but, you know, I like it's probably too, just man. not that long. Like no, we got it, through three levels like or two and a half levels like pretty quick yeah give us another hour at this and it would be done yeah i mean for sure like and that's and i don't see there being a lot of replay to it i don't know i mean there's only five levels in a game uh you know if it gets to a point like with any platformer uh you know you learn the surroundings you learn how to get past certain things pretty easily and i think we could blaze through his first two levels no issue get to the third and we'd be okay after a while yeah it's it's a platformer that's just how they work and I liked it, dude. Like, overall, it was pretty... Outside of, like, the stiffness of your character jumping and whatnot, and some of that, like, delay at times. Like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to make a certain jump, uh, sometimes it just kind of rolled off the yeah. edge just because uh, I didn't jump in time. So there was a little bit of a delay on that. But I-, I thought it was pretty cool. The overall premise is not bad. The You know, you're only really in wolf mode when you hit, like, full HP, and you can get your... Hadouken gun thing, whatever it is. I don't know. It's probably in a book. He's like punching is. out and it yeah, looks like a magical energy. fist yeah. or something. Yeah. So whatever he's shooting, we didn't really look at the book beforehand for controls, but uh, that was pretty cool. And then obviously when you get the triple one, that's pretty sweet as well. But like, I never I got, even got that. I got it like twice and I got hit and it was gone right away. Like, it's just one of those things that, yep. Okay, cool. You're using it. Oh, you got hit by a random enemy out of the ground or some random ass yeah. thing that came out of nowhere. It's gone now. So um, I would say that that was a lot of fun. The difficulty spike was really interesting because those first two levels. Level three like, stepped it up. Yeah, level level one and was, two were easy. Yeah. And level three, like after my second go around, I got through it pretty fast, mm-hmm. um, you know, towards that, you know, end that you were at. And uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, after a while, you kind of learn what the bugs do, where certain enemies are, how far you need to be from an enemy. So I, it wasn't like a walk in a park, but at the same time, it's not like the most difficult thing ever. So super easy to beat. So if you got this game and you haven't played it yet, definitely check it out. Let's uh, talk numbers, John. Yeah, numbers, numbers, Hard numbers. numbers. So the most expensive version of this game is... Uh, 5821 for the Genesis complete inbox. Which I have a complete inbox Genesis version. And the cheapest version is uh, 1344, and that's for the loose PAL Mega Drive. Does not surprise me. You know, what does surprise me, man, is that the Sega CD version is not higher. I don't know. It's, you know, it's just one of those things that, like, Sega CD and Vision would just be a a higher price game just because of what it is. But, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, maybe it's just based on how many people are buying it for that system. Maybe it's just easier to buy it for another system. Yeah, maybe. But uh, so 
yeah, we played the complete inbox Genesis version going for 5821. That peaked at 6999 back in October 2016. That's about when I got it, actually. And that's kind of going down now. And the loose is 2022. Uh, that peaked at 2131 just back in June. And that's kind of holding. That's kind of always been in that $20 range. The one thing I will say about this, uh, the Genesis has a kick-ass box. I love this. Like It's like a wolf eating the logo and he's like super fierce like this is a sweet box like i know you're only going to be looking at the spine and the spine isn't really that great depends on how i'm going to display but, it but the cover is nice so that's actually what caught my attention on that game so i actually got it before 2016 when i worked at the game store uh this one came in of course i always got heavy discounts on stuff uh and that was just one game that i saw them like you know what this is a weird ass case it's probably worth something and of course, it was a platformer, so I immediately knew at that point it might be worth a little something. And when I picked it up, it was probably sitting at complete in box. I want to say it was like in the 40s, if I recall, somewhere around that range. But I have always noticed that for some strange reason, um, complete in box Genesis games are always so much higher than a cart only. And I don't know what it like. Super well, Nintendo. Well, they have like really substantial boxes. Well, yeah, and that's what's interesting though is like Super Nintendo. Uh, their carts are always much higher for some strange reason. Like in this case, I don't, I don't know if we looked up a loose uh, cart for Super Nintendo versus a loose copy of the uh, of the Genesis. But for some strange reason, like loose SNES carts are always, for the most part, much higher than loose Genesis. And I just always have found that interesting. Uh, fifteen bucks loose. On fifteen bucks. Snacks. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, I don't know. That that one kind of disproves me right there. But I've just always, it's always been a trend that I've noticed. Like, loose SNES carts, for some reason, whenever I see them in the wild, are always more expensive than a loose Genesis cart. I think that maybe it's like one of those... Uh, it could just be based on the game, too. Well, it could be like, if it depends on where you're buying it from. If you're buying it from somebody who doesn't know anything, you know, they're probably going to be like, oh, this is Nintendo. It must be worth a lot of money because Nintendo's an old thing. And if they don't know much more than that, what well, else are they going to know? They might see a Genesis game and be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, well, you have the Nintendo effect tied to it, but then there's also, you know, the piece of superiority in terms of uh, how it was made, too. So that game that we played, which Spider-Man was it? I forget, but we played, like, the Genesis version. and the, Oh, no, I played, think that was Arcade's Revenge. Yeah, yeah, I think we... No, we played the SNES version, which was, like, the better version, I think, and the Genesis version, I think, sucked. So that was obviously a game where the SNES version would be worth a lot more just because it was a better produced item. This could be a similar situation. Maybe the SNES version is just crap and this is a superior version. And that's why it's more. I mean, I guess that uh, that Amiga version, though, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a 905 out of 1,000. I mean, that's got to be the, the best game ever. Right. Come on. Like, how many reviews do you have to get to get 905? So, okay. So uh, overall, man, we're looking at uh let's rate this on let's just do a loose copy rating uh because complete in box i know is going to be inflated for us you know are, are you looking to pay that much for that you know short of a game probably not no inflated on the complete in box but let's look at it from a loose standpoint the game overall is 20 bucks an adequate price point for this game given its length given what we play and the fun that we had with it and the 905 out of 1000 rating I mean, I'm going to kind of cop out a little bit here and say that, you know, collecting games is always based on who you are. Like, if you're just somebody who wants to own every game, I think you could sit out this one and be fine. But if you're somebody who's like, I need all the Genesis games 
or I need all of the games that have Wolf in the title. Or That's you don't have any games on your shelf that are W, and you uh, you don't like Wario, so you need a W to put in your alphabetical order. Like this would be a title you could do that with. I think that. But would you pay twenty bucks for it? I think that some people would pay twenty dollars for it, and I wouldn't feel like they made a mistake. Okay. But there's no way that I would pay more than like I don't know, like twelve bucks for this game. I just, for one time sitting down, like maybe two and a half hours of playing it, and then you're never going to play it again. Like, yeah, the cover looks cool, but that's the complete in-box version. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like... The case and book alone are worth more than the game. Yeah, I think I would rather buy the empty box... So, the empty box... For 20 bucks than the game for 20 bucks. So, man, I always got to compare this to, like next gen digital games that come out that are like sitting at 15 20 bucks and how much time you get to play those so you know if if i were to pick up wolf child nowadays a digital copy no i wouldn't be paying 20 bucks but if it's a physical copy and you don't have it um you know 20 bucks is it's I not a ripoff price no, but it hurts not. It, it hurts it's definitely yeah. five more dollars than you want to pay yeah exactly so it's like do i want to buy it for 20 yeah, it's not. It's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think that's priced right. It's showing that it's held its value at the $20 mark, yeah. too. You could probably, and you know, that's an aggregate price. So you can definitely buy this for less than $20. That's just the average. Yeah, exactly. So 20 bucks, it's worth it. I think that's priced right. I think it's just right on the price scale. Now, if you found it at $15, buy it. Like, it's it's a good game. It's not bad. I'd say... And it's the cost of a movie ticket. Come I'd on. say... 20 but you get some change back like i would pay a 20 dollar bill and get some amount of change back two pennies and be fine yeah, it's some change two just pennies. something else to go in my pocket 20 dollars, and you take two pennies from the little tray at the counter yeah there yeah, we go there you go it's <laughs> it's 20 dollars and two cents i'm gonna use these two pennies there you go uh yeah so i definitely think uh let's just say this one's just right on the price scale reluctantly just right reluctantly just right god man it hurts like it really does like you do you did bring up a good point like if i was at the store and i saw this for 20 bucks i'd be like man i really want it but i don't want to pay 20 bucks but i really want it okay i'll pay 20 bucks like i don't want to but i'll do but it but you would have to be one of those people that really wanted it if you're just like some guy and you're at a store and you're like i got 20 bucks to blow on a genesis game I wouldn't pick this one. There's probably much better $20 Genesis games you could buy. It depends on what you're buying. It depends on what's available. Like, if this is one of the better games, it's a platformer. Like, platformers are fun. I, I, I enjoy them. It was fun. Yeah. So, okay. that That's what we're at for this week. We forgot to pick a flipping game for next week. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. We've been sitting on one for, like, weeks. No, 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 sir. Right? We've got Danike and a Next to Nothing podcast. Uh, coming on next week so I know, oh and i won't be here yeah you won't be here so um that's a forewarning for people that uh danica doesn't notice yet but he's going to be attempting ryan's intro because he has no choice uh <laughs> that is being a guest so if if you're hearing this episode sir before prepare you yourself on, i will be judging yeah he will be judging i do have to find a game for us to play um i think those guys are big pc gamers so you should do something that was cross-platform with pc then yeah, I gotta find something. Well, I mean, what isn't nowadays? Um, I'll find something. I'll figure it out. I'll send them a message, see what kind of game they're interested in playing. Hell, maybe I play Splatterhouse on the Turbo Graphics. <laughs> see how yes. that goes. I don't want to hook that up again. Okay, well, uh, 
for everyone listening, of course, catch us on uh, those awesome podcast applications out there. So Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Six-star pod- reviews. Six-star reviews or two five-star reviews, whichever one you can. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. And, uh, of course, find us on social media, Facebook, at The Game Deflators, Instagram, at The Game Deflators, and TheGameDeflators.com. TheGameDeflators.com and Twitter, at Game Deflators. So follow us, like us, subscribe. And uh, this has been episode 93 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. 